He served at the Pentagon as an Army JAG. He graduated from Notre Dame and has two law degrees from Boston University and Georgetown University. He's been practicing law for over 30 years. He's your family's personal attorney. It's time for the David Carrier Show. Hello and welcome to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney and the place where we never take a knee for the national anthem. Are you kidding me? Take off your hat and put it over your heart, will you? For crying out loud. Anyway, <laughs> this is the place where besides that kind of thing, we, uh, what do we do here? Yeah, we talk about estate planning, elder law, real estate, and business law. That's right. So whether you're worried about wills, trusts, or probate, if you're thinking, hey, how do I pay for the high cost of long-term care? That'd be that elder law stuff. Looking to buy or sell a home? You know, what are the, uh, here's a good one for you. What are the three things that are wrong with every listing agreement. Okay, well, practically every listing agreement. What are the three things wrong with every listing agreement? What are the six things wrong uh, with every buy-sell agreement? Well, if you have a, you know, if you're looking to buy or sell a home, you're looking to list your house, you might want to give us a call at 888-463-2843. That's 888-463-2843. Uh, and we'll get your question on the air. We also deal with uh, business law, right? I uh, had a very interesting weekend recently with uh, uh, just uh, three days, actually. It was three whole days with uh, a few other entrepreneurs uh, <laughs> who did all kinds of different stuff. I mean, we had a we had a uh, custom furniture guy. We had the, uh, the duck farmer, you know, uh, oh, some online people. It was very, very interesting. So, um, you know, really... Uh, uh, really gave us some insights into, uh, you know, just how different businesses uh, operate and how similar. See, this is the thing. You know, people think, oh, my business is unique. My business is different. No business is different. Every business is the same. You know, I hate to say that, but it's true. You know, it's it's all about do you love the client more than you love the business? See, a lot of folks get into stuff. This is just the business thing. A lot of, folk, a lot of people get into whatever it is they're doing because uh, they like that thing, you know, whatever it is, you know, whether it's woodworking or um, the law. You know, I, I, I've seen a lot of attorneys who love the law so much they forget what the heck they're doing there. OK. And and uh, one of the things that this uh, that this, you know, meeting, whatever you want to call it, um, brought out was the importance of never forgetting why you're doing it. Right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I've never loved the law so much, really. Uh, it's always been the, uh, it's always been the families we work for, you know what I mean? And it's always been a matter of, you know, working the law, frankly, I mean, just telling you, you know, I don't view myself as a, you know, as a priest in the high temple of, you know, Lexus or whatever, you know, my job is to, is to represent the families I work for, Right. To squeeze, <laughs> just a fact, you know, to squeeze what I can, you know, out of the out of the system, you know. And the fact of the matter is you guys are the ones paying into the system. You know, why shouldn't we get a little thing out of it, you know, get something out of it for you? I mean, that's just, I'm sorry, but that's where it's, uh, that's where it's at. You got to, and this is, this is for, you know, I don't care what, what business you're in, for any business that you're in, um, you really do have to focus on, on that, okay? So I don't care. You know, what do you do? Do you raise corn? Do you uh, uh, do woodworking? Do you fix cars? Whatever it is, you know, you got to really, 
focus first on who it is you're doing it for, and then you can worry about uh, worry about the rest of it. Hey, we've got Roma on the line. Hello, Roma. Welcome to the David Carrier Show. Hello, David. Um, I have a question. When your uh, children come in your home and steal uh, stock certificates from your ID, Social Security card, what do you do? Call the cops. <laughs> I mean, besides calling the cops. Well, I mean, adult protective service. I mean, is if if your kids are, you know, we call it financial exploitation of the elderly now, um, and they are dead serious about that. Uh, adult protective services is there um, for exactly this kind of criminal behavior. Now, um, we can also sue the kids. I mean, if, um, which is a different standard of uh, standard of proof. Um, you know, is that what happened? I mean, the kids came in and took yes. your metal box and. Huh. Yes. Any excuse for that? I mean, what, what, what what's their story? I inherited the money. I have. A, I I even have a will that left everything to me. Yeah. The kids came in. Uh, 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 one of the kids had a key and just came in and took everything. The other child was not speaking to me. Period. And then all of a sudden, you show up and you start wanting to take me out. And the next thing I noticed that my my papers are gone, my stock papers are gone, my IDs are old IDs are gone, my social security card. I did uh, file a police report. Right. Good. However, I don't know what to do uh, beyond that. And well, I do want to prosecute. Well, I would number one, I'd write the kids. I write whoever that was, you know, whichever the kids it is. I'd write them out, you know, so they're not getting anything. You know, maybe they get their ill-gotten gains, but um, adult protective services would be the next, I would think. Um, and are they, is adult protective service, you know, you might want to turn down your radio because I can hear it. Um, oh. the, okay, uh, hold on. I, I, I'm, I'm going to walk across the room. Okay. I don't know whether the phone will reach. All right, good enough. Okay. All right, but... Um, have you talked to someone from adult? I mean, it, you've gone. It's gone beyond just filing a police report, right? I mean, has Adult yes. Protective Services been out to talk to you and all? I never called Adult Prote- Protective Services. I it was money that I had. I I I live in public housing and I couldn't claim it. Uh, I knew I would have to pay uh, a certain amount back to the state mm-hmm. because I'm living in. I didn't mind that. But um, I had just found it. I, matter of fact, I had called you months ago to let you know that I had found something and I didn't know what to do with it. And I hadn't decided what, what exactly I was going to do. Okay. And I mentioned to one of my children because um, my doctor kept telling me, you got five years, you got five years. Do this and do that. And my, um, the, the next thing I know, my papers are gone. Mm. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, the, the local police should have referred I would have thought they would have referred you she to. came in, took a and that was it. Yeah. Well, Adult Protective Service, they're in the phone book. And yes. I know I know that the folks in Holland are um are very um aggressive, let's put it that way. You know what I mean? They they take this stuff uh they take this stuff seriously. Um you know, whether or not there's a whether or not there's an issue of your own exposure, you know, if you've got assets that you haven't disclosed and you needed to disclose it to get the Section I didn't house. mind. I didn't mind uh, uh, doing it. I, I mm-hmm. recently got on Social Security and I paid back everything that I owed to state at the time. Okay. And yeah. I paid it up front, so I didn't have to go back and do it later. Didn't have to worry about it. All right. Great. Great. Well, then, then I I would say two things. Number one would be to um, you know do your own plan so that see see because here's the thing: if you become incapacitated, right. At this I, point, I have someone that I, I that I wrote a letter and 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 whatnot. And that's not going to work. 
That is not going to work. Your okay, kids are going to show up in probate court, and they have legal pro legal priority to be appointed. They're your kids, right? So you have to you have to do the power of attorney to say it's not going to be them. This is the one. Uh, the letter is fine. It, it, that's but that's not determinative. I mean, that's just evidence at a at a hearing. And I've seen I've seen kids who are disinherited, spit on your grave kind of stuff, who are appointed guardian and conservator because they came into probate court. Oh, we've reconciled. Blah blah blah. You know, and then the judge is like, well, what do I know? And and appointed them. It was terrible. But um, you can avoid that if you do, you know, if you do a little bit of planning up front. OK. OK. But uh, but uh, the first thing I would do is I, I would definitely uh, call Adult Protective Services. Uh, let them know this is their they're specialized in this, you know, financial abuse of the elderly. I and mean, they, they kind of specialize in it. So uh, that would be uh, number one. And simultaneous with that, at the same time, uh, I would also make sure that this person whom you want to make healthcare decisions for you, whom you want to make financial decisions for you, has the legal uh, documentation necessary to do that. Because if you show up in probate court, <clears throat> the kids are going to have priority, despite evil stuff. And then you know, and and listen, if you're not there to speak for yourself, and that's how you would wind up in probate court, if you're not able to speak for yourself. You know, which side of the story does the judge hear? What's the only side he hears? Oh, mom wrote that letter. Yeah, but, uh, you know, we reconciled after that. Or, uh, you know. I don't want a reconciliation. I get it. I, I'm just telling you what they're going to tell the court. Yes. You see what I mean? Whereas if you take care of it, you get the documents in place, boom, done. Okay. Okay. So, adult so the average, the average <laughs> forms that, 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 that come in the uh, packages that they give you in the nursing home. Yeah. They're 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 truly legal enough to to, to appoint someone else uh, your legal guardian. Well, <clears throat> I tell you what, I I, I got a break. When I get back, I'll explain the difference between what we do, taking it seriously, and the way most of those powers of attorney are done. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Okay, Roma. Thanks for calling. You've been listening to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. Welcome back to the David Carrier Show. <laughs> you have found the place where we uh, get down tonight. That's correct. Uh, well, we get down all the time. Anyway, <laughs> just talking to Roma, um, unfortunate situation where uh, the kids, her kids, uh, apparently, um, made off with, uh, whether it was money, stocks and bonds, I heard both, uh, as well as 
uh, her old IDs and that kind of thing, which, of course, now they got the Social Security number, the whole nine yards. And it sounds like one of them may have taken her out to dinner while they did, while the other one did it. So that's just I mean, terrible stuff. Um, and so, of course, Adult Protective Services, first step, right, to, to get your stuff back or at least report that. Um, but, but then the question is, well, what do we, you know, what's step two? Well, here's the thing. Um, if you don't want those kids making decisions for you, right, and they would have priority, you know, under the law, they have, you know, family members have priority uh, to be appointed guardian, then uh, what are you going to do? Well, the answer is, of course, powers of attorney, trust, all this, all this kind of stuff. And the powers of attorney are while you're still alive, right? That's a health care power of attorney, financial power of attorney. And Roma's question was, well, well, you mean the stuff that I get at the library or the, see, I mean, that's good stuff, or the nursing home or whatever, that's good stuff? And, and you know, I'm not going to say it's, it's bad. I'm not going to say that. Uh, and I'm not going to say that it isn't worth doing. But I will say this. Um, it doesn't go nearly far enough, okay? See, we, we see lots and lots of powers of attorney and healthcare power of attorney and patient advocate, all those things. Uh, we see a lot of those, and the problem is, re remember, our deal is what? Our families don't go broke because we take this stuff seriously guaranteed, okay? That's our, that's our deal. So here's what that means. What it means is we put all kinds of weird stuff into the powers of attorney that we don't usually, I mean, we see a lot of powers of attorney. You know, the form powers of attorney, attorney things, other uh, powers of attorney, other law firms have put together and all the rest. And the idea seems to be, with the financial power of attorney, the idea seems to be uh, spend my money till the money's all gone. That is not our philosophy, right? Our philosophy is don't go broke. So it wind, the power of attorney that you have winds up looking very different. There are very different powers in it, you know, very different uh, considerations. Uh, with most healthcare powers of attorney that we see, you know, if you have a uh, uh, medical issue, they're fine, fine for the medical issues. If you're at Mary Freebed, they work fine. But if you find yourself at Pine Rest, okay, now we got to go through the guardianship thing again. So we do one that's longer, and there's all this initialing you have to do and all the rest. But at the end of the day, okay, you have something worth having. Are, are you with me on this? See, I always say, I always say it's like this. Um, nobody expects to be incapacitated. Nobody expects that. I mean, we, you know, we don't put that on the calendar and say, okay, next Thursday at 3 p.m. I'll be incapacitated. That's not kind of how it works. So it generally comes as a, as a surprise. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite shows growing up, Gilligan's Island, okay? So if you start off on a three-hour tour, right, that's what you were doing, three-hour. Now, how, how did Mrs. Howell have all those clothes in the three-hour tour? I don't know. But anyway, so you go off on the three-hour tour, and you find yourself on Gilligan's Island. Well, do you want an empty hand? you want nothing? Or would you rather have a butter knife? For me, I'd rather have the butter knife. That's sort of typical planning, what we generally see people bring in that they've already done. Uh, but if you could have a Swiss Army knife instead of the butter knife, wouldn't that be better? Seems like it to me. Okay, so what we strive to do is that Swiss Army knife planning. We try to put all kinds of stuff in there so that whenever something happens to you, right, we've got a remedy for it. I mean, one of the reasons we're adding work, we just added another workshop for next week. So if you didn't, you know, if you were signing up and you say, oh, it's been, you know, can't get into a workshop for a while yet, 
We added another one. It's on the website, so you can go ahead and sign up for that uh, if you wish. We're doing these PACE workshops. We're doing all this crazy stuff, right, in order to deliver on our promise. Our families don't go broke, all right? And when you do a power of attorney, that's sort of the form power of attorney. You've got a butter knife, not a Swiss Army knife. And if you're on Gilligan's Island, let me tell you, you prefer to have the Swiss Army. You got scissors on there. You can pick your teeth with it. You know, whole, it's great, right? Much better than butter knife. Uh, but then we take it the next step. And what we do, uh, because with our folks, it's always a free phone call. It's always a free visit, right? So I don't expect that you're going to know how to use that Swiss Army knife. Yeah, you got it, but what, the, what good does it do you? So that's why we include the coconut phone direct line to the professor. Uh, that would be me. Uh, so, you know, as time goes by and situations occur, right, it's always a free phone call. It's always a free visit. Come on in. Let's talk it all through, figure out what it is uh, might be the good idea for you, right? Um, so it's not that you can't do the fill-in-the-blank type stuff. You can. Absolutely, you can. Is it better than nothing? Yeah, it's better than nothing. That's it is. Is it what you need? And now we're going to get into a, you know, tug of war there, uh, because our philosophy is not spend the money till the money's all gone, right? Our philosophy is, well, yeah, somebody's got to pay the bills here in the meantime, until I can figure out how not to pay anymore. So does that mean to create a trust at that time? Uh, does it mean? Uh, uh, annuities or promissory notes or uh, give stuff to the kids right away. I mean, all kinds of weird, unusual things that you wouldn't normally think would be part of a, well, which generally aren't. 95% of the power of attorney, they don't have any of this stuff in there. It's all about spend the money, spend the money uh, until the money's all gone. And it's like, whoopsies, now what? You know, now what do I do? Uh, because mom, you know, the, and this is how it typically happens. Uh, and, it, and you see, here's the other thing. People, we just had this happen last week. You know, people think, well, I'm the spouse, so I can control the assets. The answer is no, you can't. No, you can't. So we sent a signing team out to um, out to long-term care facility, you know, and they came back and it was like, hey, I'm sorry. Um, you know, in good faith, we can't say, you know, because uh, we take this stuff seriously, like I said. So, you know, signing team goes out and it's like, look, you know, yeah, mom sort of nodded and raised her hand and stuff like that. But really, um, you know, nobody has any confidence that mom really knew what she was doing. So we can't do the we can't do the new power of attorney. We're stuck with the old one. You know, um, you know, you got to have integrity around that. And uh, so now we're not able to do to protect for the family uh, as much as we would like. Um, but that's just the way, it, you know, that's the way it is when you, you got to. You got to deal with the tools that you've got. Would you rather have a butter knife or a Swiss Army knife? Well, the answer seems kind of obvious to me, but that's your choice. That's why we do the workshops. Come to one. You'd like it. 888-463-2843 is the number to call right now. It's your question on the air. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney.
Welcome back to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. And this, of course, is the place where we talk about estate planning, elder law, real estate, and business law. So give us a call, why don't you? 888-463-2843. That's 888-463-2843. And we'll get your question, comment, or concern on the air. That's correct. Uh, 888-463-2843. Just want to remind you, we did add another workshop uh, in the coming week. It's on the website on Thursday. So if you went, the way the website works, most of the, <laughs> most of the time anyway, is when a workshop fills up, then the uh, then it drops off the website, right? So you don't sign up for for uh, workshops that aren't available. Um, so if you're looking and you say, "Oh, I can't can't get in for weeks," well, we did add another one because the last several were um, were oversubscribed, were filled up, and. So anyway, if you'd like to, that's fine. Oh, and uh, tomorrow on Monday, we're doing the uh, 8 West on uh, at the Grand Rapids Art Museum at Graham. That'll be fun. Uh, look, Really looking forward to, uh, you know, <laughs> looking forward to that because you always have a crowd of kids in the background waving and stuff as you, you know, as you do that thing. Uh, let's see, what else? What else we got going on? We got the Pace Workshops. Again, uh, if you have a loved one, if you're caring for a loved one, caring for your spouse at home, you really need to look into PACE. Uh, it is a very good program. It's one that's uh, been around for a long time, uh, at least here in Kent County and Muskegon. Uh, brand new in Nuego last year in Ottawa and Allegan. Uh, also down in Kalamazoo for our uh, Kalamazoo folks. Um, and it's uh, it's one of those things where uh, an awful lot of folks uh, resist. Uh, reach. Uh, let me tell you... He, he, this is something that, that happens repeatedly with PACE, right? Where we're dealing with the family members, and the family members are all about, oh, mom will never do that. Dad will never do that, okay? Oh, they don't want to leave the home. Can't get them out of the house. Can't get them out of the house. And PACE, of course, is designed so you sleep at home all the time, right? Uh, you're home on the weekends. Uh, but several days a week, up to five days a week, uh, you can go to the senior center. Now, some places, Nuego, Kalamazoo, don't require you to ever go to the senior center, all right? They'll come to you and then take you to your doctor's appointments and your uh, specialists and the pharmacy. It's all included, all included. doesn't cost anything. Too good to be true. Well, listen, you've been paying for it your whole working life. Take advantage of it. But anyway, it's out there. And uh, whether you go to the senior center or not, that's really pretty much up to you. But my point is lots of times we get people who say, well, mom and dad will never do that. And what happens is, and I'm saying this 100% of the time, it's not, uh, but, but often enough that you ought to consider of it, uh, when they finally start going, right, well, they haven't, you know, they haven't been out in a long time, lots of times. And now they've got a social setting with people like them, not younger people, I mean, obviously the staff members, but, you know, with other folks kind of in their situation. And, and we've had it happen several times now that, the person who the kids were like, oh, mom will never go. And then mom starts going, and she's the bell of the ball. You know what I mean? You know, it's just, it works that way. Um, where, uh, you know, dad, oh, there's no way dad would ever, you know, he doesn't like strangers, stuff stuff like that. Well, you may not like your friends, <laughs> but when he goes to the senior center, he's dealing with guys his age, right, and women his age, men and women, uh, it's it's a different story. Okay, so all I'm saying is, and it may not be the right fit. That's okay. There's plenty of options out there, 
Um, but what I am saying is don't just write it off. Don't just poo-poo it, okay? You get a lot of people poo-pooing things. Poo-poo, that never happens. Poo-poo, that's not going to work. Poo-poo. And, and you, you wind up missing out on things that can really leverage uh, what you've done, right, what your spouse has done, what your family's done. And uh, it really shouldn't do that. And the PACE workshop, and we're, again, go to the website because they're, they're all on there. Um, but the PACE workshop is a very good way to start finding out, well, what is this thing all about? How does it relate to us? You know, how can it be of benefit uh, in our family? Because we've just seen it so many times where it really is, uh, really is a, a great benefit. Okay, uh, what form does my brother and I do my brother and I need to fill out to have gift deed in my name instead of his? Mother made will back in 08. She gift deeded her house and land uh, to my brother with lifetime rights until deceased. So this is kind of like that deed we were talking about before, uh, where the property gets deeded to a kid, uh, but the parent retains the life estate. Now, we can't give up the life estate uh, as long as mom's alive, because if we do, Medicaid's going to say that's a divestment, divestment, meaning there will be a penalty period if you ever need nursing home care, which means that for a period of months, Medicaid's not going to pay. Now, it depends on how much you gave away, what the value of the divestment is. Um, it's got to be 10 years now, maybe 15, I don't know. We used to have to argue about what the value of the life estate was because they would just say, oh, it's a divestment, bad. Uh, and now the uh, regulations, the Bridges Eligibility Manual, has this life estate factor table, okay, that tells us what the value of the life estate is. And it's surprising, okay? So if you have a life estate and you're in your 80s, uh, as far as the tables are concerned, you still own about a third of the property, okay? So let's say it's a $100,000 house, right? And now you're 85 years old, and you say, okay, I did it over to my kid 10 years ago, so we're past the five-year point, right? We don't have to worry about the remainder interest. But that life estate interest, which you had to retain in order to keep the principal residence exemption, okay, that life estate interest, that still has a value. And if you just sign it over, like they're asking for in this email, if you just sign it over, that's a gift. Well, how much of a gift? Well, $20,000, $30,000, depending on the person's age, the value of the property. Okay, if it's a hundred thousand, twenty to thirty percent. All right, twenty, thirty thousand dollars is going to be treated as if you just gave away twenty to th when you sign off on that life estate. So that may sound crazy, but that's the way it is. Okay, so here we've got mom who deeded the property to a brother, not to the letter writer, to somebody else. Gift deeded house and land to my brother. Lifetime rights till deceased. My mom has dementia now, going on six years, and I've been sole caretaker of her and the home. My brother, and this is wonderful, good thing. My brother has agreed to give me the house and land for taking care of her. I need my house, my name on the house as soon as possible to be able to get her out of debt and prepay for funeral expenses. How can I go about or what form for him and I to sign and it be legal? Well, brother can deed over the remainder interest, right? Brother can say, okay, hey, brother, uh, whatever I was going to get, you can have. Brother can do that. Now, I'm not really sure from here, you know, because we're talking about I need my house as soon as possible to be able to get mom out of debt. Um, are you thinking, you know, a question, are you thinking you could get a 
home equity line of credit? Were you thinking you'd sell the house? Uh, what? I, you know, we don't really know. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, for the reasons I was just talking about, mom cannot sign over that life estate that she retained. Okay? Because if she does, now, maybe she's not in on the Medicaid. We're not worried about that. Although six years of dementia, hmm, I'd be worried about it. Um, but you've got other debts. Mom's got other debts that need to be paid. And these had better be documented, ordinary course of business type debts, not debts to you for caregiving, because that's not going to work. That's going to be treated as a divestment again, as a gift. Um, so brother can sign over the remainder interest. So if brother's feeling nice right now, strike while the iron's hot, get brother to deed over his remainder interest to you. That's not going to have any effect on mom. But what mom does with her life estate, that could have a great impact on whether or not mom will qualify for the Medicaid. Uh, it's one of those things. If it's done correctly and we know what all the facts are, well, maybe that'll be okay. All right? Uh, and maybe if we refinance it, then you buy mom's, uh, you know, if that's what's going to happen, then you can buy out mom's uh, uh, life estate fact, life estate interest. Uh, but you, you can't go into this without figuring out, without do, running the numbers on it and finding out exactly how much that life estate is worth, okay, uh, and dealing with it. Uh, because if you do, and then later on mom needs the Medicaid, you're not going to get it or you'll be, you'll be penalized. So there's nothing easy about this, okay? There's nothing super simple about it other than getting brother off. Brother can easily deed it over to you. Now you're in his position. But as far as getting mom off the deed, that's going to be, uh, that is going to be a real different story. Um, uh, well, here's a very short one because we got, what, 30 seconds here? All right. Is there a means, a public record, et cetera, way to determine if elder parent is signed POA, general, limited, durable? Uh, the answer, short answer is no. The longer answer is if anything was done with regard to real estate using that power of attorney, yes. You just look up on the deed, uh, register of deeds. You're listening to The David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. Welcome back to the David Carrier Show. And right about now, you can be very grateful that this is a radio show, not television. Between uh, my producer and I shaking our booties, you don't want to... <laughs> you don't want to be seeing that. Anyway, this <laughs> this is the place, of course, where we talk about estate planning, elder law, real estate, and business law. This is a place where our folks don't go broke because we take it seriously. Yeah, we don't... You know, we take it seriously. I don't know how else to say it. We take it seriously, guaranteed. So, guarantee that we will take it seriously. You know, it just it does drive it kind of nuts when you see uh, people don't take it seriously. And so, you know, and I got to be honest with you. Sometimes we take it more seriously than you do. 
But uh, but isn't that what we're here for? Let's see what's a good thing. Oh, are there financial help programs that could help grandmom and I uh, until I start making income? Grandmother has Alzheimer's, been taking care of her for a few years now, currently receiving food stamps, received exemption from jury duty, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, grandma receives $1,300 a month, Social Security and pension. Okay, so this would be like a super opportunity for the PACE program, right? Uh, someone's got Alzheimer's, uh, they've got some, or some form of dementia, they're saying it's Alzheimer's, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Um, oh, oh, and by the way, want to thank everybody, I should have said this first up, uh, thank everybody who came out to uh, support us, the Carriers Cavalry for the Walk to End Alzheimer's. Uh, that was last weekend in Millennial Park. Thanks again, of course, to Terry DeBoer. Every year she's, you know, just a trooper uh, showing up there at the dedication ceremony and all the rest. Just can't thank you all. Uh, thank you all enough. All the uh, And all of our team members who showed up and wearing the T-shirts and everything. Just, uh, you know, wonderful stuff. Just uh, appreciate the heck out of it. Um, you know, there are hundreds of thousands of people right now in West Michigan, in Michigan, uh, with Alzheimer's, and two-thirds of them are women. You know what I mean? So when you think, oh, the caregivers are always a woman, well, well, not when two-thirds of the Alzheimer's victims are women, all right? They're not doing the caregiving. So remember, this is sort of an equal opportunity thing if you want to uh, look at it that way. Um, so anyway, here's a, a situation where they've uh, – one of the programs that is available – uh, is the waiver program. This is where they provide services in the home. It's another. There's three at-home care programs. It's not just PACE. It's also My Choice, Waiver, and uh, PACE. Uh, those are the three that are out there. And uh, we're waiting for, um, waiting for the waiver program to, uh, to kick in because there's a waiting list. And the question is, uh, are there any federal, state, or local programs for people in my situation that could bring in some extra income until I start with the waiver, uh, which might be available in the next few months? Uh, is there a program to give us some financial breathing room uh, maybe a while before we're next in line? Yeah, that's a real, that's a real problem. So when we're looking at long-term care, generally what we're going to do is we're going to pick the program, uh, number one, that's most appropriate, uh, but, but if our goal is to remain at home, Right, then maybe getting my choice in the meantime, or doing the waiver program in the meantime, or doing pace in the meantime, might be an option. Okay, so we'll go ahead and you know just figure which has the shortest waiting list and the most appropriate care. So that's one thing to look at. The other is the um, a lot of the counties um, and municipalities too, and this is just something you have to look into. Right, depends on the. I don't want to generalize because you can't. Um, but, uh, you know, you may remember voting for the senior millage, right? Uh, well, there, there's transportation services. There's all kinds of other stuff, uh, that is available to seniors. That's not a Medicaid program, but that is a government program. Um, and sometimes, like I say, sometimes it's municipality, sometimes it's countywide. Okay. But that's what, you know, that's what, uh, we would look at in, in a situation where, um, we're on a waiting list. We're looking for, um, you know, we're looking uh, for the eligibility, waiting for our turn in, in on the wheel to come up to the top. You know, as we're waiting, we'll be looking at those other programs to see if there's anything available uh, to do that. Um, but, that's a, but that's a case by case, county by county, municipality by municipality thing. Um, but certainly we can, uh, uh, we can help with that. Um, uh, what can I do if I feel an attorney has undue influence over 86-year-old aunt? Uncle died six months ago. Attorney's been pushing family friends. This is the attorney, I guess, 
um, accusing them of taking things. My mother was acting agent, POA on her medical. The attorney removed her, put herself, saying this is what our aunt wants. Aunt can be very forgetful, easily influenced. Now she won't talk to us anymore. We'll only talk to the attorney who thinks she's her best friend. Wanted to go back to see if aunt, uh, see aunt as we're out of state. Attorney always says not a good time. Last straw was attorney accusing uncle's best friend uh, and hers for over 40 years of taking a gun he did not and making him return a house key they gave him many years ago. Uh, she's in big trouble with this attorney. Attorney is billing her more than her income. Eventually feels she'll lose everything, can't afford to hire someone to fight her battle. Okay, so that's a you know obviously a real, uh, a real issue here. Uh, but let's just talk a little bit about undue influence, what that means. Uh, if you accuse somebody of undue influence, of unduly influencing what somebody else is doing in terms of disposition of assets or what have you, okay? Um, it's not undue influence. What undue influence is not is begging and pleading, okay? The, the court allows family members to beg and plead with each other. <laughs> that's kind of human. Uh, so I'll never see you again. You know, that's okay. That's, that's all right. Um, generally, generally speaking. Uh, however, if someone is in a position of faith and trust, if someone is a what they call a fiduciary, trustee, attorney, attorney in fact, okay, or if someone is so dependent on another person, right, like you're living in the house and you're doing all the care and everything else, so they're totally dependent on you, then the court will impose a fiduciary duty, okay? Uh, but the thing is, if they find that you have this special relationship, like this attorney does, and um, there are changes made that favor you, that favor uh, this person in that position of special trust, right? Now it's up to that person to show that there was no undue influence. Are you with me on this? See, if you just go out and you say, hey, um, mom changed your will so that brother gets more, and brother's living in another state or what have you, okay, or just he's just brother, he doesn't have any legal documents or anything like that, Mom just went to faith, but he said, "I'm going to hold my breath till I turn blue, unless you give me the house." Then Mom does it. Well, that's not undue influence, okay? And it's up to you to prove uh, that brother used undue influence on Mom, which is like impossible to do. It's very difficult, all right. Unless there's a you know video of him pointing the gun at her or twisting her arm or something like that, right? Very, very difficult to show undue influence, and it's up to you to prove that there was. However. If brother, right, in addition to saying I'm going to hold my breath till I turn blue, if brother also was mom's attorney in fact, meaning was named in the power of attorney, okay, or if mom was living with brother is totally dependent on brother, or brother was mom's trustee, okay, now it shifts. Now it's not up to you to prove that brother used undue influence. It's up to brother to prove that he didn't. Do you see? And generally, whoever has to prove something loses. You see? So the idea is if there was this uh, special burden of trust and confidence and faith, good faith, dealing and all the rest, okay, then brother has to prove that he didn't violate that in order to win, in order to keep the house if that's or whatever it was that mom changed in his favor. So for this attorney who's an attorney for crying out loud, which is definition of fiduciary, Right? If she inherits anything from mom, which is probably unethical anyway, <laughs> it is in Michigan, you know, it is, it's unethical, um, uh, then um, uh, uh, 
then it's up to you. Forget the unethical part of it because she's an attorney. She'd still have to prove there was no one to influence. Okie doke. You've been listening to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier. Looking forward to seeing you at one of our life plan or pace workshops. You've been listening to the David Carrier Show, a lively discussion addressing your questions and concerns, but not legal advice. There is a big difference. So when making decisions that affect your family, your property, or yourself, the best advice is to seek good advice specific to your unique needs. If you missed any of today's show or would like additional information about the law offices of David Carrier, please visit davidcarrierlaw.com.